You are listening to the sermon podcast of Covenant Presbyterian Church. We are a community in Madison, Wisconsin, who gathers to worship, to learn, to serve, and to grow together in God's love. Please visit us online at www.covenantmadison.org, where you can find information about Covenant Ministries, as well as links to our online worship services and sermon podcasts. Today in our liturgical calendar, we recognize and celebrate Christ the King Sunday, also known as Reign of Christ Sunday. This is the last Sunday in our church year. It's basically our New Year's Eve before we start the next church calendar over again with the first Sunday of Advent. And while the origins of this particular day date back to 1925 and came from Pope Pius XI and his good intentions at attempting to remind the church that Jesus is our true king and that Jesus and God should be our ultimate authority not the political powers of the day. It can be a day that brings up difficult questions that people may or may not want to wrestle with. You see, the language of king and reigning often feel opposite to what we associate Jesus with. Although we proclaim Jesus as our Lord and Savior and do so proudly, sometimes it's easier to lean a little more heavily on the Savior part and a little less on the Lord part, because the language of Lord has connotations that just don't fit with what I associate Jesus with. And maybe it is just me, but when I hear this language of kingdoms and reigning, I think of fantasy worlds like Game of Thrones, with the seven kingdoms fighting for dominance and the ability to have their ruler sit upon the Iron Throne, it doesn't look comfy. I don't know why they're fighting wars over it. (laughs) (laughs) But alas, they are. Or even the Witcher series, where there is a constant war and battle between the elves and the dwarves and the humans, all for who will get to be the dominant and ruling class and who will have to be considered second-class citizens in their world. And while these are fantasy worlds, they say something true about the ideologies of kingdoms and kingship and reigning. And there have been and there are benevolent kings. Um, This root ideology for kings and kingships are often ones of wealth and power, maintaining hierarchy and the status quo, destroying one's enemies to further the kingdom and keep the wealth that has been attained for the king and his family. And these ideas make for great television and great books. I won't lie to you on that part. But these aren't necessarily the ideologies that I associate with Jesus, which makes celebrating and recognizing Christ the King Sunday a little bit tricky it almost makes me want to do a double take on what our language is for this Sunday. Yes, Jesus is our Lord and Savior. Yes, Christ is our King. But this lordship or kingship that Jesus exhibits is not one of attaining the most wealth. It is not destroying those in our paths or upholding a hierarchy that belittles and demeans those at the very bottom. No. Jesus' lordship is one of mutual respect and equality, 
where everyone has a seat at the table, where we're expected to feed our neighbors, to reach out to one another in kindness, and ultimately to gather the people in to the spaces where we are, not to push them out. You see, Jesus' lordship teaches us abundance in all aspects of our lives and how to share that abundance with others rather than attempting to hoard it all for ourselves. And so my challenge with this day for myself and maybe for you all too is to reframe this Sunday as Christ our leader Sunday. Because Jesus is more than a king issuing demands for the people around him to do, to gain more power and to gain more wealth. Instead, Jesus is our leader, showing us how to live in the ways of God's kingdom and to work for all of the things God hopes for for us and for the community. Jesus is truly guiding us through his words, but also his actions. By proclaiming Christ as our Lord and Savior and our leader, we are choosing to follow the path of equality, of justice, of love for all, rather than dominion or wealth or hierarchy. And these thoughts and these wrestlings with kingship language is part of where we get the debate about whether it should be called the kingdom of God, hard on the G in kingdom, or the kingdom of God. The term kingdom of God was first coined by Ada Maria Azazi Diaz, a Cuban-American theologian who studied and taught Mujerista and liberation theology. For Azazi Diaz, the use of the word kingdom allowed for a more equal, a more expansive view of the kingdom of God that Jesus calls us to. This kingdom recognizes the broad family that we are as beloved children of God together, how we are all a part of this family, regardless of whether we are Presbyterians or Baptists or Methodists, non-denominational, or any of the other many, many sects that you can be a part of that have formed in the name of Christianity. To adjust our language to the word kingdom over kingdom is to continue to embrace the radical views of hospitality and love that Jesus attempts to teach his disciples and us through his parables and other teachings that we find in the Gospels. If we look back at our passage for today, the famous Matthew 25 passage that many in the PCUSA are coming to know and love, we are met with some very, very lofty and high expectations for ourselves as a community or a nation as it's put in the passage. We're reminded that as we feed the hungry and clothe the naked and give drink to the thirsty, we are doing this to Christ as well because Jesus is in these people who need food and water and a safe and a warm space to sleep at night. And on the flip side of that, as we ignore those who are in need of these things, we are ignoring Jesus. This passage gets at the heart of the truly upside down nature of the kingdom of God and the kind of leader that Jesus is for us. And while it can be very overwhelming to think about doing this work individually, we're also reminded in this passage that we're not meant to do this hard work alone. Jesus isn't calling out individual disciples and placing them as sheep or as goats. 
Jesus is calling out the nations, the communities that are being placed as sheep or as goats. So it's us as a community, as a nation, that is expected to work towards this new vision, this new version of the kingdom together, where all are fed and clothed and housed and welcomed in together. And this work is so much larger than what we as Covenant Presbyterian Church can do, or even larger than what we as John Knox Presbytery can do. This is work that the larger PCUSA national body is taking up and really using to anchor ourselves as a denomination together. For those who don't know or who maybe need a little refresher course, there is a somewhat newer initiative in the PCUSA called the Matthew 25 Initiative. This was started back in 2019 in large part due to Diane Moffitt as she came upon as the new executive director and president of PMA, the Presbyterian Mission Agency. Diane started with this call for churches and presbyteries to really name and claim this Matthew 25 call and to run with it. And then for us as a denomination to really put forth the effort and the work and the intentionality to do it together. After a church or a presbytery decides to accept this call, fun fact, we have accepted that call. We are a Matthew 25 church as Covenant Presbyterian Church. The only expectation is then that you work towards one of three focus areas, building congregational vitality, dismantling structural racism, and eradicating systemic poverty, and then to share with others how you are attempting to do that work together. And y'all, this is hard work to do because there is so much work to do. But part of doing this together in community as Covenant, in community as John Knox Presbytery, in community as the national PCUSA body, is to encourage one another and to remember that many hands do make for light work. So while eradicating systemic poverty or dismantling structural racism is a daunting task for one congregation, for one individual, it's less daunting as we work together and keep Christ as our king, Christ as our savior, Christ as our leader through this hard but good and necessary work. And so while I want to wordsmith my way to better language that reflects the radical equality that Christ calls us to, regardless of what this particular liturgical day says, regardless of whether we call it Christ the King Sunday, Christ our Savior Sunday, Christ our Leader Sunday, whether we say the kingdom of God or the kingdom of God, what really matters at the end of the day is whether we uphold this calling as a community to care for one another, to feed the hungry, to clothe the naked, to give drink to the thirsty, to house those who need a safe place to sleep, to welcome people in. Because that is what actually matters on this Christ our King, Christ our Savior, Christ our Leader Sunday. Amen.